Hey folks, I'm so glad you decided to tune in again today for another faith-filled message brought to you by the partners of the Peckville Assembly of God. We could not do it without you. We're getting this gospel message out as fast as we can on as many networks and voices as we can to help empower people by the power of Jesus Christ. We could not do it without your faithful partnership. If you do me a favor and let people know about our broadcast, help us uh, either by word of mouth or sharing it with them on Facebook, whatever it might be. We truly appreciate all of our partners. We pray for you each and every day. Hey, drop us a line sometime. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned. We're coming live at you with the word right now. Everybody take your Bible, hold it in your hand. Praise God. And say this out loud after me. Say, this is my Bible. This is God's love letter to me. This is my reality. It's divinely inspired. It's going to speak to me today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated today. And as you're seated, you could turn to Hebrews chapter 11. I want to speak to you today on the topic of faith. And I feel like on the, the, the topic of faith, I almost said the issue of faith, but really it's a topic of faith, that there's been a lot of preaching on it. There's been, been a lot of books written on it. I myself have uh, read many books on it, heard many sermons on faith, on faith primarily I listen to sermons on faith. Why do I listen to sermons on faith? Why do I keep faith always in front of me? Because faith, without it, it's impossible to please God. Like a prerequisite to pleasing God is for you to have faith in your heart. So that means that if you're void of faith, you're in direct opposition to God. So I think it's pretty important. Thank you. Praise God. Amen, Kyle. That's very important. You're right. Praise God. What a great day. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 1. I read this out of, uh, I read this out of the ESV this time. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, is what we would consider the great chapter of faith, faith or the great hall of faith. And the writer of Hebrews, although... They're not 100% sure on who the writer of Hebrews actually is. He gives this great description of faith. Everybody say faith. It says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, everybody say it, for by it the people of old received their their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word. If, if you have a Bible, you feel like you can underline it. You can underline the word of God. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. You see, it's very interesting. You see, the, the, the Bible saying here in part A of Hebrews 11.3 that God simply spoke and the world was created. I said, he simply spoke, and the world was created. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, it says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. That means, and we're created, what? In the image and likeness of who? So that means when we speak as well, mountains move in Jesus' name. When we speak, we're creating our destiny. 
Well, that, brother, that, that's not true. God's the one who picks our destiny. No. He's laid before you a plan. Amen. But whether you walk in it is determined by your words and what you expect. You know, I, I, I have people come in, whether we're, we're, we're preaching on the road or whether it's in youth or we're preaching here or wherever it might be, people who call the church office and say, I know I'm healed, I know I'm healed, I know I'm healed. And just by the preaching of the word, they'll receive their miracle. But knowing is different than walking in and talking and speaking and expecting. Amen. So God literally created the whole world by simply speaking. What world are you creating by your words today? What words are you speaking over your children that are, are, are creating or penning the path of their destiny today? When, when, when I have my son Clayton, Clayton is uh, 17 months old, he'll be, it's, it's hard, time flies by. It, it's hard to believe that it's been almost two years already. And we're expecting our second boy in November. He's supposed to come November 30th, but I already told my wife that deer season's right around that time. So, you know, priorities, right? Listen, I'm just, I'm just telling you, I shot my deer in the first hour of the season last year. So, Lord, you know what I'm expecting. Praise God. Anyways, I might have to archery hunt, I'm not sure. Um, but when I, when I grab my son and I, I hold him, many times I'll walk around just praying in the Holy Ghost, holding him. And I'll say things like this, Clayton, nations are going to be shaken by the glory of God in you. Clayton, you're a great man of God. Clayton, you're going to do great things for Jesus. You see, I'm speaking a word of faith over him. You're never going to backslide in Jesus' name. And I start declaring a word over him because if God can create this whole place by a word, and if the, we're made in the image and likeness of God, then we need to start speaking a word of faith. Oh, come on, somebody. We need to start speaking a word of faith over our children. We need to start speaking a word of faith over our parents. We need to start speaking a word of faith over our families, over our homes. Don't say this is the way it's always been. Don't say that it's a generational thing. Don't, you need to start speaking generational blessing instead of accepting generational curses. I hear more and more preachers talk about, oh, the struggle is real. It's a generational curse. It's so hard out there. Instead of proclaiming the goodness of God in the land of the living like the scripture tells us to do. The power of life and death is right here. You can pen your destiny with your tongue. And that's the way that God chose for it to be. Continuing on. So that what we, so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. God, God didn't have a, a toolbox with earth in it and a toolbox with, you know, some people in it. And, okay, I'm going to create the world now. I'm gonna, uh, no, he simply just spoke. Your tongue has creative power to either create things or to destroy things. Things that don't even exist yet. You can create by the power of your tongue. You see, many people don't understand what faith actually is. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you say, well, brother, I, I understand what faith is. You see, it's like gasoline. Okay, my car runs on 93 octane. If I don't run 93 octane in my car, it's going to blow the motor up. It's the kind of car I drive. And if I, it, you know, they're, they're known that if you run 87 gas in them, it's turbocharged motor, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow the motor. So I have to run 93 gas in my car. Now, I might understand that it takes gasoline to, to fuel my car. I might understand where to get that fuel 
But if I, if I believe in the fuel, if I know where to get it, but if I never apply it to my car, it ain't going to go anywhere. Okay, it's like money. You might understand how to make money. You might understand that you need to show up to your job to make it. Now, if I handed Lynn here on the front row, if I handed her a $10 bill, now this is a temporary thing, just so you know. I'm generous, but not that No, I'm just kidding. If I hand her a $10 bill and I, I said, please go down and buy me a soda. She said, okay, I understand the power of money. I understand the, the necessity of the money. I understand where the money came from. But if she doesn't actually go down and deploy that money, she's never going to get the benefits of it. I know people who worked hard their whole entire lives. They made money. They saved money. They understand where it came from, but they never enjoyed the pleasures of it because they never deployed it. Thank you. I usually don't have cash on me because I'm married. Praise God. Um, I'm almost kidding. It's because I'm married and I golf. Anyways. You might have, everybody here today has a measure of faith. The Bible says so. So don't say that you're lacking in faith. Now you have to, you know, come to terms with the fact that we're growing in levels of faith. But, you know, if you always say, well, brother, I just don't have any faith. I don't have any faith in this. I don't have any faith in that. I don't have any faith. No, what you're doing is you're actually, actually canceling out the use of your faith. But there's a kingdom seed on the inside of you called faith. And so every single one of us carries faith. You have faith today. Now, we have to understand where that faith comes from. Amen. And then we have to understand how to release our faith or how to use our faith. Same way with money. It's the same way with gas. Or in Pennsylvania, I feel like I can use a gun illustration. I might understand where, where my guns come from, which are undocumented. No, I'm just kidding. I might understand where, where my guns come from. I might understand how, how, to sh how to shoot a gun. By the way, both are true. Praise God. But if I never pick my firearm up and aim at the, tiger, the, the, the target and squeeze the trigger, it'll never do me any good. Well, I know how it works. Praise God. I, I know where faith comes from. I know how faith works. But if you actually never put it to use, it's no good to you. Can I say something? I love signs, wonders, and miracles. I love them. But I don't live by signs, wonders, and miracles. I don't do it. I live by faith. The Bible says, walk by faith, not by sight. You know what a sign is? It's something you see. It's a sign to the unbeliever. I love signs, wonders, and miracles. Matter of fact, uh, my, my, my ministry, although, you know, even in the early stages of it, been in full-time ministry now for about three or four years, my, my ministry has been, been marked by signs, wonders, and miracles. But I don't live off of signs, wonders, and miracles. I live off of faith. You see, a lot of people's trouble is, is that they're always looking for the next sign, wonder, or miracle. In other words, God's got to show up, and he's got to do something for me in order for me to believe in him instead of you walking by faith. But the Bible says that we walk by faith, not by sight. Can I submit, you, submit to you today, friends, that sight isn't just what you see, it's what you hear. It's what you taste. It's what you smell. It's what you see. It's all five senses at work. I don't walk by my senses. So practically speaking, um, 
when, when the doctors told me that Clayton had a hole in his heart, that was a real thing. But faith calls things, God calls things, not as they are, but as they're going to be. And so, <laughs> I just canceled out the hole in his heart. And we went to the doctor the next time, they said it's a little bit better. Then when we went, the pediatrician, it's not there anymore. Because my, my words create a destiny for my children. But if I walked by my senses, well, I, I heard what the doctor said. See, now we're walking by our senses. Now we're walking by sight. I know what I saw. I know what I heard. You see, it's not that you're belligerent to the fact of your senses. It's that you're focused on Jesus. I said you're focused on Jesus. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher, or the author and the perfecter of our faith. We'll get to more of that in just a second. So let's define faith for a second. Faith is a present certainty that what you're expecting is done no matter what you're sensing. In other words, faith is not contingent on your feelings or your sight or your circumstance or your background or your last name or your household or whatever. Faith is faith. It's the law no matter what. Just like gravity is gravity no matter what. Gravity is just as real to me as it is to any of you, and most of you might be a little bit older than me. Hello. In other words, if, if I get on this platform, unless the supernatural miracle happens, if I get on here and somebody pushes me off, chances are I'm going to fall to the ground because the law of gravity works no matter what. If I go to the moon, the law of gravity still works. At a different rate, but it still works. Did you know when they landed on the moon, we celebrated 50 years yesterday of, of the United States sending a man to the moon? Praise God. You know what, when they landed on the moon, they, the first thing they did, they took communion and recited scripture. But the law of gravity works no matter what. Now, when they took communion, uh, I, I think it was, it was Buzz, he, he actually, not Buzz Lightyear, he, 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 when he went to go pour the, the juice, it actually made a circle because the law of gravity works different on the moon than it does here. But it's still the law. Amen. A law is a law no matter what. Did you know if you break the law in the United States and you go to court, I'm not speaking of, uh, 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 I didn't experience this myself, but I'm, I, I, this is what I'm told. If you, if you break the law in the United States and you turn around and say, well, I didn't know it was the law, it doesn't matter. You still broke the law. Hello. So the law of faith, no matter, it works no matter if you know it or if you don't. Just like the law of your words, it works whether you understand it or you don't. So when you speak a word of faith, it works whether you even understand it or you don't. If you speak a word of death, it, it works no matter what. More on this. Faith is the currency of heaven. Everybody say currency. Faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is a gift from God. Faith is the door which grace enters and saves people, according to Ephesians 2.8. Faith is the avenue to healing, according to Mark 5.34. Faith is the requirement for positive confession, according to Mark 11.22 through 23. Faith produces and multiplies and makes the impossible possible, according to Matthew 17.10. We're supposed to walk by faith according to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Should I go on? Do you understand the necessity of faith yet? Do you understand that you don't just need faith to get a miracle, but you need faith to walk? Because without it, it's impossible to please God. So let's break this down. Number one, faith is present. Faith is present. 
now faith is. I meet a lot of people who say, well, one day I'll experience this, but one day is no day. Because a future one day I'll kind of get it is not faith. The Bible says now faith is. So faith is current. Faith is, isn't a future thing. One day when we get to heaven, brother, it'll all be worth it. No, the Bible doesn't say that. That's what religion says, but the Bible says godliness is profitable both now in this life and in the life to come. You know, a lot of songs, it'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. What will be worth it all? Jesus isn't a crutch to get through life. He raised you up and set your feet on solid ground. Are there trials? Yeah. Are there tribulations? Yeah. Is there persecution? Only if you're a believer. But let me tell you this. Overwhelming victory is mine because of what Jesus has done. When you say things like that, like, well, it'll just, it'll be worth it all when we see Jesus one day. That's a slap in the face of God. I know. Super popular message this morning for the 9 a.m. service. When you say things like, it's hard now. This serving Jesus thing is hard. You're actually speaking totally against what the scripture says. I didn't say that. Jesus did. He said, take my yoke upon me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. When I got saved, my life didn't go downhill. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. That's my testimony as well. No, I move from faith to faith, glory to glory, mountaintop to mountaintop. Are there things that contest me? Yeah, but victory is mine no matter what stands in my way. You see, the Bible says if God is for us, then who can stand against us? So if the whole world is against me, but God is for me, that means that overwhelming victory is mine through Christ Jesus. Yet if the whole world is for me and God is against me, that means that I fail every single time. You have to understand who's for you. God is for you, so nothing by any means can stand against you. Faith is present. Secondly, faith is certainty. It's certainty. It's the assurance or the evidence. I've been told before, how can you serve a God that you have no evidence that he exists? I have plenty of evidence that he exists. What do you mean? Uh, let, let, let's just take the instance last night when four teenagers stood on the right side of the room and they said, we have pain in our body. We have a sickness in our body. And I simply just went. It took me about all of about 30 seconds to lay hands on every single one and say, you're healed in Jesus' name. You're healed in Jesus' name. There's your miracle. There's your miracle. I said, now how many have experienced that the pain just left your body? Don't tell me I, I, I serve a God. You know, well, brother, it, it's hard to believe in God. It's hard not to believe in God. You see somebody, you know, get, get healed of cancer. Well, I, I don't know if God exists. Do you really, like, number one, I didn't even make it through Bible college, let alone be a doctor, okay? So just, you know, let's just get that out of, out of the way. Um, so if I lay hands on somebody and they get healed, it's definitely not me. It's got to be him. The Bible says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. So faith is certainty. I don't have to try to believe in God. Matter of fact, I say to the youth almost every Saturday night, is anybody in here an atheist? Because you're about not to be. Their eyes get big. How can you deny the existence of God when he provides a miracle for everybody? Amen. Faith is expectation. Faith is expectation. The book of Proverbs says over and over and over about a righteous man's expectation. You see, what you expect becomes a reality. 
it's hard to hit a target that you don't see, but it's impossible to hit a target that doesn't exist. What are you expecting today? When you came into Pecfo Assembly of God today, what were you expecting? Probably not this, praise God. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But what were you expecting? Well, I was expecting you know, to have, have a sermon and maybe give a couple bucks in the offering, sing a couple songs. I hope they sing you know, my songs and not like other people's songs because if they sing, obviously the worship service is all about me and not about Jesus. And... No, what, what were you expecting? If you came in here expecting a miracle, let me just give you really good news. Whether it's me preaching, or, or, or my father, or my grandfather, or my brother, or Mickey Mouse, it doesn't matter. What matters is this. Jesus is here, and he's an ever-present help in a time of need. But it's contingent on your expectation. Well, I just, if God does something for me, if he shows up and, and, and shows off and and if, if he, then, then, then I'll believe what they're saying. No, you're never going to see what we're saying because you have to put an expectation on it. Sometimes God just gives you a mercy card, I think, because he feels bad for you or something. What are you expecting? When I, when, when I go to church, whether I'm preaching or not, I have an expectation on the service. When I give, I give with expectation. You know, you realize everything you do there's some form of expectation tied to it. Okay, so if you go, go to Wegmans and you buy a can of cream corn, are you expecting a turkey to fall out of it? No, because you bought cream corn. If a turkey falls out, it's a lawsuit. Praise God. Um, but faith is expectation. I know exactly what I want. Faith calls things done no matter what. It calls things done no matter what. It's the conviction of things not seen, according to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let's look at this in action for a second. Mark 11.22 and 23. And Jesus answered them, have what? Have faith. Have faith in God. That translated could actually literally say, have the faith of God. You know what that means? It means you don't just muster this thing up. It's a direct gift from God. Transplanted deep in your spirit. In your innermost being. In your heart. So Jesus answer them have faith in God truly I say to you whoever says to this mountain oh this is going to help somebody I think a lot of people come to me or come to my father come, come to the man of God and they think that the laying on of hands is the answer to everything Jesus is the answer to everything so, so, so let me just break this down because I love you and I'm one of you when the evangelist comes to town, I get excited because there's an anointing and they've been traveling and it's going to be great. Praise God. But did you know that if you put a demand on the anointing that's already here and present, then you'll experience the same things and greater. You know, every service, there should be expectation and faith tied to whatever you're believing for. Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I Say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Faith is present. Jesus said, have faith in God. It's got to be right now. Faith is certainty. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea. Faith is expectation. The be taken up and thrown into the sea, it, it, it says what you're expecting. 
and faith, faith calls things done, no matter what. But whatever he believes, when he believes what he says, it will come to pass, it will be done for him. Faith is present. Everybody say present. Faith is certainty. Faith is expectation. Faith is done. You know, I, I think that when a lot of people say that they're waiting on God, they, 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 they think that waiting on God is like they're sitting around like they missed the bus. Like they got a ticket for the, the, the 10 o'clock Amtrak, and they missed that one because, you know, they didn't brush their teeth, and they had to go back, and they had to brush their teeth, and then they realized that, you know, they might as well take a shower while they're at it. And so then, then they showed up for the 11 o'clock, and, well, I missed that train, so now I'm just waiting around. I, I guess I'll wait as long as I have to. I'm not sure when he's going to show up. No, waiting on God is not sitting around twiddling your thumbs. Well, you know, one day it'll be worth it all. No, waiting on God is serving. What do waiters do? They serve. They serve. Faith calls things done. So now that we kind of have an idea, a working idea of what faith is, here's how it comes. Here's some prerequisites to faith. Number one, you have to be saved. I have to be saved in order for faith to work. I'm not talking about the law of your words. I'm talking about the law of faith to work. In order for me to be a citizen of the United States, there's prerequisites. Ooh, it's quiet. Praise God. Okay, I understand immigration. You guys are, so we'll just take a different country that no, one, no one's tied to. I don't know. Well, let's make one up. Chekel, Alaska, okay? Yeah, so if you're, you're a citizen of Chekel, Alaska, or whatever it might be, there is prerequisites for you to be a citizen. You don't just show up there, and well, I'm, you know, I just do whatever I want, and I can just break the law and, and, and you know, lie, cheat, and steal, and everything's going to be okay. No, there are prerequisites to being a citizen. There's prerequisites to being a citizen of heaven. Amen. There's extreme vetting to getting into heaven. Praise God. We'll move on real quick. You have to be saved. The second thing is you have to hear the word. Everybody say, hear the word. You realize that the Bible says this in Romans ten seventeen. It says, so faith comes from hearing. Everybody say hearing. Let's have an, a little English lesson. If I'm hearing something, does that mean it's past, present, or future? Present. So faith comes by presently hearing the word of God. In other words, you can't live off the word that you heard from 1982 to to have a miracle in 2019. Because faith comes by hearing. In other words, uh, like, like David said, I will not let this book depart from me. I will meditate on it day and night. Joshua said this, the, 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 the book, this Bible is filled with people who meditated on the word of God, who took God seriously, who took his word seriously. Faith met them and a miracle happened. They moved from faith to faith, glory to glory, mountaintop to mountaintop, but you have to be constantly building yourself up on the word. In other words, every day you should have this book in front of you. Amen. You know, Kenneth Copeland, he, he constantly, you know, and if you don't like him, just keep it to yourself. I don't want your, your Facebook message. I'm just going to write LOL back to you even if I do. Praise God. Kenneth Copeland, wherever he is, he has a Bible open in front of him at all times. Always. Driving in the car, there's a Bible right in front of him. Because he constantly wants to be in the Word. It, by the way, he's, he's like a walking Bible, that guy. 
He knows the word. So faith comes by hearing the word. Present tense. Never stopping. Always increasing. Can can I just encourage us this morning? Let's not grow complacent in our level with faith. Because there's different types of faith. There's a saving faith. I'm not preaching that this morning. But let let me encourage you that this. If you grow complacent where you're at, you'll always be where you're going to be. Could you imagine if, if your boss walked up to you and said, listen, uh, Elaine, you can have whatever position in this company you want. And you said, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of just content pushing a broom. Okay, I'll, I'll look for somebody else. You can have any, okay, I want to be the CEO. I want to be the president. I want to be the, the owner. You see, that, that faith is always increasing. It never stops. So if faith is always increasing, that means our level of listening to the word should never stop. It should be always increasing. Man, I, I had time to myself on Friday. I feel like, you know, I was alone in the office. Everybody was doing things in different parts of this, this huge campus. And so I had faith preaching on. And I'm, I'm doing things, and I'm not even necessarily completely tuned into it, but I'm listening to it. And I, I'm picking up a sentence here and there. And it's starting to build my faith. And every time that I feel like Maybe I don't have enough faith to do this or do that. I draw back on, I'm constantly hearing the word of God, so I have to have faith. You know, even sitting here today, your faith level is being built. It's being built. So you have to be constantly hearing the word. The third prerequisite to faith is you have to look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Constantly fixing my eyes on Jesus. You know, Jesus said, the things I do, you will do in greater. You can read that in John 14, 15, and 16. Is, you know, it could be one chapter, honestly, because it's all conveying the same thing. You're going to do greater works. You're gonna, here's the power to do those greater works. Here's how that looks. But for us to look to Jesus means I'm not looking at my present circumstances. I'm looking who's greater than my circumstances. You see, the word, you'll, you'll either use the word to change your outlook or you'll try to bend the word to fit your circumstance. You know, and I say this with all love and sincerity, and I say, listen, I'm, I'm growing every day. I want to be more like Jesus every single day. But when you take the word and try to bend it to whatever level you're at right now, it's no different than somebody who takes the word and tries to bend it to fit their sinful lifestyle. If, if it says multiple times, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that by the stripes of Jesus, by his stripes, we are healed. And in Peter, it says this, whom you were healed, past tense, it's already done. Then why are we walking around saying, man, you know, I'm sick, I'm this, I'm that, I'm downtrodden. The truth is, nobody here, of course, but other people and, you know, the rest of the 7 billion people on earth. The truth is that people don't believe the word. They don't, they don't believe the word. You see, they believe the word enough to save them. We call that a get, get out of jail free card or f- 
fire insurance. They, they, you know, as long as I'm not going to hell, you know, I'm okay to live like everybody else, do what everybody else does. You know, church is kind of optional depending on the weather. And, you know, it, it, as long as little Johnny's not playing soccer, then maybe we'll show up and kind of do our thing. What separates you from the world? Where is the come out from amongst them and be separate? Praise God, good preaching. When you believe the word, you will have faith and say what God says about whatever the situation is, not what the devil says. If Jesus bore and took, then I'm not bearing and taking. If he bore and took, then I'm not bearing and taking. What about so-and-so? Are they Jesus? No. Praise God. Looking to Jesus. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Looking to Jesus. Before you can see the benefits of faith, you must have faith. Looking to Jesus means going the faith way. It's the faith journey. It's the faith walk. It's away from my senses. I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. So I'm not focusing on what CNN or Fox says. I'm focusing on Jesus. When they, when, when they say, when they say, you know, the stock market's going to crash. I'm not going to crash. Hello. I'm not going to crash. When they say that people are losing their homes, I'm not going to lose my home. It's a pretty big item to lose, by the way. I don't even know how people lose and they come home and they, they disappeared one day. I'm kidding. When, when, when they say, you know, which they're not saying these things now, but they eventually will because everything's a cycle. When, when, when they say, you know, unemployment's at an all-time high. Jesus is my source because I'm looking into Jesus who is the author and the perfecter of my faith. I don't walk by sight, I walk by faith. So in other words, my reality is different because of who my maker is. My life doesn't look like everybody else. So here's how you use your faith. Everybody say, use my faith. Number one, I speak the word. I speak the word. I say and I pray. I speak, and when I come to prayer, I thank God. You know that thankfulness, I felt convicted of this recently, because God has blessed me so much, my wife so much, my son, my future son, so much. Even my dog is blessed, praise God. Anyways, and somewhat spoiled. Um, but I really felt convicted recently that I've been blessed with so much, but if I actually had to count my blessings, there's no way it would happen. You know, like, they used to say that when I was younger, you know, count your blessings. I can't, like, you know, I can't count that high. Just, just let's be honest. Um, but thankfulness, even when I pray recently, I, I have trouble even getting out of the door of thankfulness. I feel like I spend so much time thanking God now because I feel like before when I used to pray, I used to pray like this. All right, God, so I want to see this happen, and this happen, and this happen. Praise God. Woo, we're done. High five on the way out. Now I feel like I get praying. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you, God, for my wife. Thank you, Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus Christ I'm healed, whether I feel like it or not, Lord. Hello. Thank you, God, that I'm blessed. Thank you, God, that I'm highly favored. Thank you, God, that your favor is on me and around me and in me and through me. God, I thank you. See, and then all of a sudden, the time I was supposed to, you know, spend in praying, my prayer was just a prayer of thankfulness. 
I'm not saying that, you know, when you pray, you only have to thank God. No, you, you can ask using the name of Jesus. Jesus said to do that. But if you spend enough time thanking God, you'll find that a lot of the requests that you had have already either been granted or now you just need to speak a word. Amen. You deploy your faith by speaking the word. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? So, if there, if there was a mountain in front of me, I don't focus on that mountain. I focus on Jesus. Because all I have to do is speak a word, and that thing has to be cast into the sea. Well, Kyle, what if it didn't move? I'm believing that it got cast into the sea, and I'm moving on. And I'm moving on. Praise God. Even when we pray for the sick, I'm not praying and asking God to heal people. It's already done. That, okay, it's the equivalent. I know that that's offensive. That's equivalent for, for, for me to say to Susan. I'm praying for your salvation. I hope you get saved. No, we know that she's saved. Praise God. Lord, I'm just asking you to heal me. I, well, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, you've already been healed. It's no different than somebody who's saved to say, I'm praying for salvation. Lord, would you save me? Would you save me? Hey, listen, I've already saved you. Hello. Focus on what God says. When you use your faith, secondly, you have to focus on what God says. I'm focusing on the Word. Find whatever you're going through in your life. Find it in the Word and apply it to your situation. You realize I haven't given you an ounce today of my opinion. I've just given you the word the whole time. By the way, if you feel borderline offended today, you know, I've, I've, that's actually, I've, I've done my job. Seriously, it's impossible to preach the gospel without somebody getting offended. It's impossible. Where's that? The gospel of Jesus Christ is an offense. You know, especially like I first started out, you know, we're going to the mission field. My, my, like, chief goal, I felt like, was, like, to please people. Like, as long as everybody was, like, smiling, as long as everybody laughed and they're shouting me down, then I did my job. I, I honestly view my job as almost the opposite now. Seriously. Like, when, when I see people, like, roll their eyes when I say something, I'm like, yeah, praise God, I preached the gospel. How, I'm ready to go home. But then I see where it'll change and people will take it to heart. And that's faith. So, it, it, you know, if, if you listen to preaching all the time, and it's just constantly reaffirming what you already know, you might be a know-it-all. Hello. There it is. There's the offense again. Faith comes by, hearing by. So if the Word of God is never changing you, you might as well just get ready to get raptured. If faith is never advancing you, if it's never increasing you, what, what good are you to keep around? You might as well just go to heaven. Maybe you're here today, and, and you would say, honestly, Kyle, I need saving faith. I don't even know if I'm saved. You're in the right place. I don't look at you any differently. You know, maybe you're here and you'd say, 
I, I feel a sickness in my body. I need a miracle today. You're in the right place. And faith is here, and Jesus is here. Praise God. And your situation will turn around in Jesus' name. Amen. Lastly, using your faith, you'll call it done. It's done. It's done. What does Romans 10.8 say? The word is near you. Everybody say the word. This word is near me. I have, I honestly, so many Bibles, and I know that it's not just about the physical Bible. Yes, I understand. I took Sunday school too. But I have so many Bibles in my house and so many different translations. I got a beautiful one from Ted Sr. Sits on my uh, we have a little dresser in our living room. I have one a lot of times I'll keep on the coffee table, in the drawer, my bedroom. I have multiple ones in my office because I want the word always near me. I have 43 translations in my pocket. I want the word always near me. You want to know why? Because if you have an iPhone, and I'm sure other phones are doing this now, they do a good enough job of doing push notifications of the news right to you anyways. Did you hear there's a new flu out? Did you hear that this is, did you hear what, what they did? did you? I don't care. I care more about what that book says. And that's Romans 10.8. Again, not my opinion. I haven't given you an ounce of my opinion today. I've just given you the word. If that bores you, take it up with him. Amen. Praise God. I'd rather preach, I'd rather preach the word. And again, and have the whole world against me, but God for me. Amen. The word is near you. In your mouth. Everybody say my mouth. And in your heart. A lot of people have the word in their mouth, but they don't have it in their heart. What does that look like? They come, they say all the right things, but the word's not in their spirit. People can quote preachers all day. They can quote the word all day. You know, even the devil can quote the word. Even the devil can quote the word. Even the devil can quote the word. You, you, you can know every scripture in this book and be the, the biggest heathen in the world. That's a fact. Well, I, I you know, graduated Bible college, and then after that, I, I took a church. And I, Who cares? I don't, I, I don't want to know if you can recite the word. I want to know, do you know the word? I, I know Jesus, not just about him. Do you know the word today? A lot of people, you know, it, it's, it's in their mouth only. It never got down to their heart. It's the same thing if I had a, if I had a, a mustard seed today. And, and, and I just dropped on this carpet. That mustard seed ain't going to grow, is it? Well, it's on the ground. It's a seed. Isn't it supposed to grow? No, it's got to go down into the soil. Everybody say the soil. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the word works. It's the seed. Romans 10, 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. I had somebody tell me one time, well, you're just word of faith. Yeah, that's right, I am. Romans 10, 8 says that the word of faith is what we proclaim. Praise God. I have a pretty simple philosophy. I think you should adopt it too. 
If it's in the word, I want it. If it's not, I want anything to do with it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. 2 Kings 16 through 17 gives an amazing account. And I close with this. There's a prophet named Elisha. Everybody say Elisha. And his assistant. And Elisha operated in the word of knowledge. And 2 Kings, you, you can read this throughout the Old Testament, but 2 Kings is giving an account of pretty much armies coming to get the children of God. And Elisha saying, hey, uh, they're, they're coming from the west. Just go, just go over to the east and then, then swing up to the north around that mountain. You guys will be fine. And so they'll send like 100,000 people marching against them. Here they go, ready to kill the children of God. But because of the word of knowledge, they're no longer there. So they can't fight an enemy that they can't see. And so the king gets wind of this, the, the enemy king. And he says, what in the world? What, what, what's happening that every time it feels like we're sending, you know, even in secret, we send an army to go take these people out, and they know ahead of time. How I many know it would be easier for you uh, to avoid a car accident if you knew where the exact street at the, at the exact moment where it's going to be? Hello. It would be easier for some people to avoid the flu if they knew that that doorknob that they're about to touch, somebody just sneezed on it. So the enemy king, is, he's saying, what in the world's going on? And one of his, his assistants said, well, they have a prophet. Everybody say prophet. He said, they, they have a prophet. They have this guy who's, and he says this, he, he can even tell you what's going on in your bedroom. The king's like, whoa, now hold on a second, bud. You know, like, I, I get, you know, the, the, the first part I could take, but the second part, like, are you kidding me? No, yeah, seriously, there's a prophet, and he, he, he can tell you everything that's going on. So the king says, okay, let's go kill the prophet. Let's go take him out. Sounds logical. That's the problem. We're going to go take him out. So they send 100,000 people to go take out a prophet and his assistant. I, I went to Lakeland, but I even understand that math. That's 50,000 to one. Those are bad odds. And so the assistant, he's freaking out. I kind of wonder, too, in this story, why didn't the prophet just go move somewhere else? Why, why, why didn't he just go hide out somewhere? Maybe, just maybe, go with me for a second. Maybe the Bible's trying to tell us something here. That whether you go into hiding or you stand your ground, if you know who's on your side, it doesn't matter who's on their side. So the prophet's assistant, he's freaking out. What are we going to do? Do you realize that there's like 100,000 people and he's focusing on what he sees? He sees 100,000 troops, chariots, standing there with swords, with arrows, with spears, defying the children of God. And they're, they're, they're surrounding him. You know what 100,000 people looks like? Baseball games are like 50,000 people on a packed day. Think of uh, Penn State before they tore that one section down, packed, 100,000 people. Think of Ohio State on game day, 100,000 people, 110,000 people, whatever their stadium is. And they're coming after you. Feel like you got faith? 
Can I, can I just, like, let you on a secret? I would be scared. <laughs> like, you know, if you feel like, oh, no, brother, I, I, I'll take them on. Your faith is way greater than mine. Praise God. If, like, one person's against me, I'm like, okay, like, maybe, you know, like, two, you know, now I'm outnumbered. But 100,000 to two, 50,000 to one. And so he says this. His assistant's freaking out. He said, do not be afraid. Yeah, real easy for you to say. Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Did you catch that? Can we do math again? I know. It's early, and I hope you had more than one cup of coffee, because I know I only had one cup, but, but it was Sumatra. Praise God. Anyways, can we do, there's 100,000 verses 2. Yet the man of God... Maybe he's off his meds because he said there's more on their side than there is opposing them. What's greater, 100,000 or two? 100,000. Thank. There's at least three of you who passed math class. No, what's greater, 100,000 or two? 100,000. Okay, and if you don't believe that, I have $2 in my pocket. If you want to trade 100 grand for that, we'll call it a good deal. Praise God. Um, I'm kidding. So there's 100,000 verses 2, and the man of God says, hey, don't worry, we actually have more soldiers with us than there are with them. Maybe he's gone senile. Something doesn't add up here. But faith doesn't look at the reality of man. Faith looks at the reality of the word. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed. Can I just say, this seems like a stupid prayer. It seems like, like this is like the last thing you should pray. Then Elisha prayed and said, Oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. Wait a second. His eyes are what's getting him in trouble. He sees the mountain filled with, with soldiers ready to kill him. And Elisha says, God, he needs to see. No, his sight is his problem. But Elisha wasn't talking about the natural eyes. Elisha is talking about the eyes of faith. Which again, the eyes of faith is present, certainty, expectation, and calls things done. Amen. Oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And you know what he saw when he opened his eyes? Well, I'm about to read it to you. Behold, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around who? Elisha. It doesn't matter what faces you today. It, th there can be 100,000 people who are out to see you die. Alyssa and I, in our spare time, we like to walk, do things like that, but every once in a while, we'll feel extra lazy when we put Clayton to bed, and we'll put on Netflix. I know. That's, uh, I know no, no one else here watches Netflix, just like you guys all get your mail, you know, from a bird or something like that. But we like to watch Netflix at night. We're like two old people. We go to bed at like 10.30 anyways at night, unless we're out doing a service. But we put Netflix on. Last night I came home. A lot of times I like to watch a comedian after I preach. I like to sit there and watch a Christian comedian, by the way, and, uh, and just laugh. So I'll sit there after youth sometimes, and I'll, I'll put on somebody and just, like, 
belly laugh on the couch and make good life decisions like eat like 16 pierogies with butter and onions, salt and pepper. Just really healthy decisions. I'm almost kidding. It's usually 18 pierogies. Anyways, um, but last night we were watching a show and there's, you know, a top crime boss and he, he gets shot and he's, almost, he's in critical condition. So they throw him in the back of a car and they start driving him to the hospital and the cell phone rings. No, you can't take him to the hospital because the people who are hunting him down are going to show up and take him out. But you realize it doesn't matter whether you're a crime boss or you're a bum or somewhere in between. If you're in the world, you're already defeated. But you can be the lowliest of the kingdom and overwhelming victory is yours because of what Jesus has done. I, I honestly believe that one reason that we get to heaven and many of us won't even be able to stand when we first get there is because we're going to see everybody who was on our side for our whole entire life. You realize Jesus could have easily called down legions of angels at any moment he wanted. And he said, the same authority I have, I give you. I was driving up the Wildcat last, uh, last Sunday on a Harley Davidson. Praise God. My grandmother just turned red. Praise God. But I, I, I was thinking to myself, you know how many angels I have with me right now? Praise God. Man, I, I, got, I got all of heaven backing me up. So who in the world is going to stand against you? 